<sighs> Anybody thankful that God speaks to us? Yeah, me as well. We, we've got a, a good God who wants to speak, who wants to form us, shape us. He's got something to say this morning. Y'all ready to listen? I'm ready to listen too, okay? I don't want you to listen to me. I want us to be listening to, to God. He's got something to share. If you have your Bibles, I would like you to open them to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 11. We're going to be getting into a story there, Numbers chapter 11 this morning. As you're going there, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here with us right now. We thank you, God, that you're not just here with us, but that you've got something that you want to do with us. Thank you that you're speaking. Thank you that you're moving. Lord, we want to be, we want to be at ground zero of the work that you're doing on this earth. We want to be engaged, equipped, and moving in your kingdom. Lord, we ask that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in our lives and in this town and in this place that you've put us, just as it is in heaven. So Lord, I pray that you would equip us this morning as we read your word, as we get into this story of what you've done here. God, I pray that you would draw us into deeper communion with you, deeper relationship with you. Thank you, God, for bringing revelation, for bringing knowledge and understanding as we get into this word. Uh, and Lord, we submit ourselves to you right now because we do believe that all of this work from start to finish, it's only by your grace. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace in moving with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I said, we're, we're in Numbers chapter 11. Uh, I don't often preach out of Numbers, so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, it's there towards the beginning, all right? In case that helps, it just gives a hint. Towards the front end of the Bible, Numbers chapter 11, we're going to be, uh, I've got a word of encouragement for us this morning. An encouragement and the title of the message and my encouragement is to prophesy where you are. Prophesy where you are. If you want to be a preacher this morning, just turn to the person next to you and say, you need to start prophesying where you are. Even if you don't want to be a preacher, you could still tell somebody that. You need to prophesy where you are. Prophesy where you are. Uh, this is, that's my encouragement. That's what I believe that the Lord wants to share and speak with us this morning. Before I get into the bulk of the story, I just gonna want to go ahead and put the cards on the table that I do believe that God wants each and every one of us to prophesy where we are. The lives that we're living, the families that we're embedded in, the workplaces that we go to, whatever it is, wherever it is, God wants you to be a prophet there. That might sound like a really big out there kind of thing that God wants you to be a prophet. I, I believe he wants you to prophesy. And we'll, we'll get here a little bit later, but you know, in, in the book of Acts chapter 2, which I know Pastor Connor loves whenever I mention Acts chapter 2. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, uh, this prophecy is fulfilled. The, the apostles there speaking in other tongues. They're declaring God's goodness. These people think they're crazy, but they say, no, this is the fulfillment of the prophet that said in these last days that God's spirit is going to be put on all flesh, on sons and daughters, that people are going to dream dreams, they're going to see visions, and that God wants to pour out his spirit on all people. 
and that they would prophesy. And so uh, whether you know it or not, you are a part of all people. You and I, we're a part of all flesh. We're, we're the sons and daughters. Uh, if you found yourself in Christ, then being in Christ means that Christ has made it to where his spirit could dwell in and through you and that he wants you to prophesy where you are. He wants you to prophesy where you are. So anyway, that's just a little sneak peek that I do believe every single one of us are called to, to prophesy where we are. And, and we're going to read a story here that has encouraged me in that. And I believe is going to be an encouragement to you as well. Prophesy where you are. Before we get into the story too, I just want to have a little bit of a note on prophecy. Prophecy can be talked about in so many different ways. There's uh, such depth to the subject. And so rather than going into all of unpacking like what prophecy is, honestly, I found something really uh, useful to me from uh, the concordance I was using is that it is to speak or sing under inspiration of divine spirit. If we like really pack it up into a nutshell, it's not necessarily just predicting the future, not necessarily like walking up to someone and saying, I know everything about you because God told me. It's not necessarily that, but it's truly a, a packed down to its like most basic form. It's speaking or singing under divine, under inspiration of divine spirit. Ultimately, to speak the words that are inspired by God. So, sometimes a, a spirit of prophecy is like even saying things that are from Scripture. They, they, obviously, all, script, all prophecy is going to line up with Scripture because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to say something that is not characteristic of who He is and how He's revealed Himself in His Word. It's going to line up with that. But even, I would say too, it's not just speaking uh, or singing uh, divinely inspired by the Divine Spirit. I'd say too, it's living, living a life that is inspired by the, His Divine Spirit. You know, oftentimes in the... Um, in the Old Testament, the prophets would not just say a word from God, but they'd live it out. Like this one prophet lived out, he, God told him to marry a prostitute. And that was like a picture of God's relationship with Israel. Poor guy, he lived out his prophecy. Uh, but he, it was lived out. It wasn't just spoken. And so I truly believe that God's called each and every one of us to be prophets. And what I mean essentially about that is that he's called each and every one of us to speak his words, to speak words that are just dripping with the goodness of God and who he is, to say those things, to share those things, to say things that are divinely inspired, that aren't just some nice, cool thing that I could come up with, but it's God choosing to use me as a mouthpiece to the people around me, to speak those things, to live those things out. And you're called to that. Whether you know it or not, whether you believe that or not, you're called to that. And I want to encourage you that God's called you to do that wherever you are. Prophesy where you are. So that's the story. Or that's not the story. Here's the story. Numbers chapter 11. In Numbers chapter 11, I'll give a little bit of background um, to what's going on here. So the Israelites are moving through the wilderness. They're not quite to their promised land yet, but they've come out of Egypt. Moses is the leader. And Moses, at the, in this particular chapter, as in other times, is having a lot of difficulty leading the people of Israel because they're complaining. Anybody ever complained around here? Okay, good. We're like the Israelites. We can relate. I've been a complainer before. But the Israelites are complaining so much so 
They've come out of Egypt and they've said, well, why are you bringing us out? All we have is manna, this divinely God-provided, didn't even have to work for it, wake up and it's there, food, and they're complaining about it. This manna doesn't taste good enough. We could go buy spices in Egypt. We could, you know, we, we could go to the market at least, forgetting, yeah, and you were a slave, right? Uh, the old slavery bondage started to look good to them. They're complaining. They're complaining, essentially. And so Moses has had enough. It gets to the point where Moses even goes and prays to God. He says, why don't you just kill me if I'm going to have to keep putting up with these people? In so many words, that's a paraphrase, but he essentially says that. He says, why, why am I burdened with leading these rebellious, complainy people? If it's going to keep being like this, God, you just need to kill me now. He says that. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? Got any parents in the house? Come on now. About to have an altar call here. No, uh, parents are great. I mean, kids are great. They're both great. They're complaining. Moses is complaining to God. So this is what uh, God calls Moses to do. Before I even uh, get into this, I want you to know the main character of the story as I'm uh, telling it today are, it's going to be a couple guys named Eldad and Medad. Anybody ever heard of Eldad and Medad? Good. Me neither, really. Uh, this one was a fresh one. As I was going through, I've probably read this story before, but Eldad and Medad never really jumped off the page to me. But as I was recently going through this, they really just became inspirational to me. So we're going to look for Eldad and Medad here in a second. But first, uh, let's go to verse 16. In verse 16, this is God's response to Moses as he's complaining about the complaining, saying, God, kill me if I'm just going to have to keep leading these people that are not thankful. Uh, He said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting, and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. So God's solution here to Moses' like crying out, God, I can't do this. These people are too much. Kill me if, you're gonna, if it's going to be like this. He says, okay, let's bring some of these people, gather together 70 of the elders, people you know you can trust, bring them to the tent of meeting. I'm going to go, I'm going to talk with you, and I'm going to take some of the spirit that's on you, and I'm going to put it on them so that you're not carrying this burden all by yourself. So that all this complaining that you hear, like you can share the load a little bit. That is uh, God's plan for Moses. And so I want to highlight here, before we even get to Eldad and Medad, we're going to meet them here in a second. But one thing that I'm going to say about them first and foremost is that they were part of this group that Moses chose to gather together for God's Spirit to rest on them. They were chosen by someone, namely Moses. And as I'm encouraging you, again, the the point of this story is that God has called you to prophesy where you are. God has chosen you. He's designed you specifically to be the person in your life who shares God's word with the people around you, who speaks inspired words from God's spirit with the people around you. And if you don't believe that that's true, if you don't believe that you're good enough 
or that you have the right words to say, or that you're smart enough, or if you believe that you've lived too sinful of a life to actually be used, you, you know, you're, you don't pray enough, you don't read your Bible enough, you, you're probably right about yourself. I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise, just on your own strength. But here's what I'll also say about you, is that you're not the one who chose yourself. God chose you. So Eldad and Medad, they're a part of this group, and they have the ability, they have the power, they have the strength to prophesy. We'll see that here in a little bit. They have the ability to prophesy, to speak God's word, but it's not because of their greatness or coolness or what accolades they have to their name. It's because Moses chose them. And God, he, God really trusted Moses. God said, Moses, you gather these people together, those people that you choose, I'm going to take the spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it on them. So Eldad and Medad, their big claim to fame is not their own accolades, but the fact that Moses chose them. So let's rest in that fact for a second. That, yeah, may, maybe Moses didn't choose you, but Jesus chose you. If you're a part of the family of God, if you've chosen to make Jesus the Lord of your life, that is because Jesus has chosen you, that he loves you, and he decided to take the spirit that was in him and to put it on you, to give that to you. And it's not about your, your past, or it's not about even your present. It's not about what you've done or how good you are, how much you read your Bible, how much you pray, how awesome of a person you are. It's about God and how powerful he is. And in his choosing you, you became equipped and able to be a perfect person who prophesies. And he's called you to prophesy where you are. He's called you to prophesy where you are. So Eldad and Medad already, they're a part of this chosen group. But what's so special about them is that Moses picked them. Moses gathered them. And that's what's special about us is that Jesus has chosen you. You live a life that I don't live. You live a life that the person next to you doesn't live. You have influence that I don't have. You have influence that someone like, you know, think of whatever good religious teacher in your life that you can think of. You, you live a life that influences people that they don't because of where God's put you. And, and he's not calling you to wait until you can have some big ministry position, not wait until the church is sanctioning some big prophetic day. He's called you to go live your life in your place to go and prophesy. I'm skipping ahead here. This is, but that's, that's where we're going. So I'm going to skip down a little bit. This is a part of a larger story. God essentially, he says, prepare the people because I'm going to give them so much meat that they're going to be eating for a month straight and they're going to hate it. Essentially, like, uh, all these things that you're asking for, that you're complaining about, I'll just give you what you ask for to the point that it destroys you. That's essentially, if we think about it, what sin is like. You know, God, what the judgment of God essentially is turning us over to those passions that are not of him, that do not honor, glorify him. And the end of those things is death. That's what he tried to tell us from the very beginning. So anyway, that's what he says. Yeah, y'all are complaining about this manna. I'll give you meat if you want meat. And you're going to choke on it by the end because it's just too much. So anyway, it's a part of a larger story here. But we get to verse 24 where we actually get, get down to it. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. 
As soon as the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied. But they did not continue doing it. So exactly what the plan that Moses and God had laid out here in verse 16, it comes to pass here in verse 24. So he gathers these 70 elders uh, to the tent of meeting and God does what he says he was going to do. He took that spirit that was on Moses. He put it on them. They started to prophesy, but they didn't continue to do it. They, they prophesied some and then they stopped, I suppose. So we continue here in verse 26. Now, two men remained in the camp. One named Eldad, the other named Medad. And the Spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. I want to stop here for a second. So the whole plan comes together. But there's two guys, and there's a lot that we don't know. It's honestly, it would all be speculation as to why they didn't make this special meeting in the tent. But they were part of this registered group of people that were to come out. God put his spirit on them. But these two, it says, remained in the camp. Did they choose to remain in the camp? Did they just not get a memo where they left out or something whenever they were bringing all these people? They were on the registration, but they didn't make it to the tent. They didn't make it there. They were left behind in the camp. And I want you to think about what is it that stands in the way of you prophesying the words of God? What is it that keeps you from prophesying where you are? Is it that you're, you're not in full-time ministry? And man, I, I had this dream like I need to be in full-time ministry. And unless that happens, until that happens, I can't really, I can't actually be doing what God wants me to do because that's how it needs to happen. Or... Do, do you feel like your time has just passed? You just missed the boat. Like, oh, well, I'm too old now. Like, I, I, maybe I could be used back then, but right now, I, I don't know. Maybe I just missed the boat. Maybe you're feeling like Eldad and me, Dad. Like, oh, well, the, the cool thing is happening over there at the tent of meeting, but here I am left behind at the camp. Here I am in the camp, and maybe I just missed it. Maybe you became a parent. And whenever you have kids, especially young kids, you feel like, can't, can't do no prophesying right now. Maybe whenever these kids get up and out of the house or whatever, like, I, I don't have time. I don't have time to, to be a minister, to, to really speak God's word powerfully like he would have me to do. I just missed it. Maybe I, I work in too secular of a job. Maybe I don't have enough time. Maybe I can't make it to church enough. I can't be at the church because that's where the action happens. That's where God really ministers to people. That's where people prophesy. That's like at the end of service at the prayer teams, that's where it happens. So I just miss it because I missed out on church. What is it that keeps you from being a per person who prophesies where you are? What, why did you miss the boat? How did you miss the memo? What keeps you from it? Eldad and Medad are left out here. Hard to tell if it's by their own choosing, if they just saw it and were like, ah, whatever. I doubt that that's the case. But maybe they just missed. Maybe they just were out in the middle of the camp whenever someone was calling them and they just didn't hear, didn't get the memo. They, they missed the boat. Well, here's how this verse ends. Back in verse 26. It says, you know, they were among those registered, but they had gone out to the, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. So Eldad and Medad prophesied in the camp. 
this just stuck out to me so much because Moses specifically is taking people to a certain time and place around the tent of meeting. They're at this place, and this is the place. There's a cloud and everything. Like, this is where God takes the Spirit off of you, puts it onto y'all. Now we prophesy. They're in this time and place. How crazy and cool is it that Eldad and Medad find themselves at Janet's or Mike's, and they're just going about their business, and boom, they start prophesying. In the camp, where they're at, they're right in the middle of things. They just start prophesying. Because, you know, they didn't make this time and place. They didn't, uh, they weren't actually at the tent of meeting when it happened, but they were just as much chosen. They were still on that list. They were still a part of this group that God said, yeah, I'm going to put my spirit on them and they're going to prophesy. So it didn't matter where they were, they started to prophesy. And I think about it, I wonder, so assuming if the math adds up, maybe we got 68 people standing around the tent and then them two out in the middle of the camp prophesying. And prophesying, again, if if prophesying is speaking by divine inspiration, speaking God's word, living that kind of life that's divinely inspired by God's spirit. Again, he took that spirit off of them, put off of Moses, put it into them. So God's spirit comes upon them. They start prophesying. I wonder how much more meaningful might it have been for Eldad and Medad to be prophesying right in the middle of the camp, right in the middle of the people of Israel, right in and among those complainers who were saying, let's go back to Egypt. Manna doesn't taste good. Right in the middle of all those people, as opposed to this whole other group of people who were, yeah, there where they were supposed to be. God was using them prophesying, but prophesying around maybe other elders who were also prophesying. I wonder how much, how much more meaningful it might have been for those two guys to be right in the middle of the tent, right where in earshot of the people of Israel, to be able to hear God's divinely inspired words, to, to start to hear what he has to say. It must have been so impactful for the people who were in the camp that got to hear them prophesying there. And so, yeah, maybe it looked like on the outside that they were just left out, but they were just as chosen, just as usable by God in there, in that moment, and they prophesied in the camp where they were. Prophesied in the camp. God used them. Again, I want to reiterate this. You have some influence that the people around you right now don't have. You have people in your life that need to hear divinely inspired words from God for them that I can't share with them that I'm never going to have an inroad to be able to talk to them like you can. So prophesy where you are. Prophesy in the camp. Even if you feel like you've missed the boat, well, I missed out on the latest, coolest Bill Johnson crusade, and I can't go, you know, be a part of this big, cool thing that's happening. I, I, can't, go to the, I can't go to this conference where uh, all these powerful things are happening. I, I, I missed Jubilee this past year. I, I wasn't in the place. I wasn't right there in the moment. You know what? If you feel like you missed the boat, I'm telling you, you haven't missed the boat. You've got God's Spirit inside of you. If you found yourself in Christ, you have His Spirit. You are chosen by Him, and He's called you to speak divinely inspired words of His Spirit to the people around you. Wherever your sphere of influence is, whoever those people are, God has put you in that place for this time, for this moment. So prophesy where you are. Stop counting yourself out. Stop saying that I've missed the boat. I've missed the mark. I'm not good enough. It's happening. God's move is happening somewhere else. No. God's move is happening where God is and God is in you. 
So let's prophesy where we are. Come on. Yeah, that's good. I'm all right with that. So they prophesied in the camp. Verse 27. Let's continue here. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth said, My Lord Moses, stop them. We've got to put an end to this. These Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. This is too much. This isn't how we planned it out. We mapped it out to happen at the tent of meeting. Now they're prophesying in the camp. Moses, put an end to this. Moses is a smart man. This is what he said to him. Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Moses is like, I remember this conversation I was just having with God about everybody complaining. I would love it if everybody was prophesying instead of complaining. (laughs) That would make my job so much easier. I would love, yeah, go ahead, prophesy. Prophesy some more. Stop your complaining. Go prophesy. Moses is like, don't be jealous for me. This is great. Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Prophesy where you are. For some it's not always going to look the same for everybody. It's not going to look nice and neat all the time. Sometimes you going to prophesy where you are to do what God's put in your heart to do, what he's fashioned you to do, it's not always going to look nice and neat. It's not going to look always just as contained as, okay, you come to the front, you come to me, you go to this life group, you receive prayer. It's not always going to just look nice and neat. It's going to look a little bit messy sometimes. Sometimes it's not going to look like we planned it to look. And God, give me grace to be able to see as a pastor that, okay, this is, this is good. We're prophesying. Would that all people would prophesy. And that it doesn't just have to look the way that I drew it up in my head. Go prophesy. Go speak God's word. Go share what God has put in your heart to share. And we'll, we'll figure out the specifics along the way. Would that all people would prophesy. Would that all people would have the spirit of God in them and declare what God's saying to them and through them. So yeah, it doesn't always look nice and neat. It doesn't always look maybe exactly how you've seen it done before. Maybe it, it doesn't look like the person next to you. But God's calling you to step out in boldness and to do it and to try. To to just see what happens. What does it look like for me to bring up a conversation about Jesus with my coworker? Who we never talk about that. I'm nice to them. They're kind to me. We're cordial. But we've never actually talked about faith. What would it look like for me to bring up a conversation about what God's done in my life? Might feel a little strange. Might be a little bit difficult to muster that up, but prophesy where you are. Whatever camp you find yourself in, prophesy in the camp. God's Spirit is on you. He's with you, and He wants to speak through you. So be willing. Be open. Be ready for it to look different than somebody else's. One word that I want to share with you, uh, just to, to bring some balance to this, because some people will take that, run with it, and be like, yeah, I don't need church. They're holding me back. I got things to prophesy. I got things to say. Why would I go be with all those people? They're they're at the tent of meeting. They're just trying to hold me back. I'm going to the camp. So a 
a way to temper this a little bit. It's a way to, to bring this into order. If you go, I would encourage you to read the next chapter of Numbers, Numbers chapter 12. It starts with an episode of Arian, Arian, that's their couple name, if they were to put it together, Aaron and Miriam, uh, who were in close relationship with Moses. They came and said, oh, well, Moses isn't the only one who can prophesy. We can prophesy too. And it ended with one of them getting leprosy. And, uh, you know, it didn't look good. So, again, we need to check our hearts, right? It's a, it's a matter of the heart. It's an issue of the heart. Eldad and Medad weren't in the camp prophesying because they said, we don't need that tent of meeting. We don't need that Moses. We're, we're doing our own thing. It wasn't about that. It was about them just being used where God had them. But they were still submitted to authority. They were still connected to God's people. And so just remember the, the heart behind it. That if the heart's wrong, then everything's wrong. But if the heart's right, God can use you in so many different ways, in ways that it may look totally different for you than it does for me, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be clean cut or one mold. That's why God made us all to be, look, feel so, so differently uh, because he's got different ways of using us. So remember to check our hearts, stay connected, stay submissive to God anointed and appointed authority, but within that realm, allow yourself some freedom to to prophesy where you are, to speak God's word where you are, how he's fashioned you to do it. Because again, I've said it many times, can't say it enough, God has put you in a place of influence that I'm never going to be in. God's fashioned you in a way to speak with certain people, to speak in a certain way that I couldn't do that the person next to you couldn't do. And so feel the freedom being chosen by God, not because of your own special ability, but finding yourself being chosen by God to be able to prophesy, to be able to speak divinely inspired words, the things that only God could share through you, that you couldn't muster up on your own. Allow yourself to be used and to prophesy where you are. Prophesy where you are. I want to, to end here in the, the book of Acts because like everything in our faith, it all comes down to Jesus. comes back to this, this man, Jesus, who we recently celebrated Easter, the power of his resurrection. Last week, we baptized three people in the name of Jesus who, whose lives are and eternities are forever changed because of that one man. It all comes down to him. Again, I said this, that Eldad and Medad, they were special because Moses chose them. They were in Moses' chosen group. You and I, we're special because we're in Jesus' chosen group. If you found yourself in Jesus, you're special. You got something going for you. Not on your own strength, but in Jesus, who loved you, who gave himself for you. And so it, it all comes back to him and all comes down to him. And so I want to read uh, these words that Jesus spoke to his disciples um, as he was going. He was soon going to be ascended and he wasn't going to be physically present with them, but he was encouraging them as he left. Uh, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start in verse 6, I suppose. Acts 1, verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, 
it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses all the way even to the ends of the earth. Again, these these people prophesied. They had something to say. They had something that was divinely inspired because that Spirit came and rested upon them. Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait here for my Spirit to come upon you. Whenever He does that, you're going to have power to be my witnesses all the way to the ends of the earth. Again, this is because of Jesus. It's through Jesus. He's asking you to go and prophesy where you are. Prophesy in the camp that you find yourself in. Even if it's not the season of life that you like. Maybe I'm in, uh, this is a tough season. Maybe this is a tough time and place. Maybe I'm not in the job that I really want to be. I would encourage you to not just look to what you want your future to be, but consider where you are currently and prophesy in that place. Speak God's divinely expressed words. Speak what he wants to say in that place, in that moment. Prophesy where you are. And remember that all of this comes because Jesus has given his spirit to you. Said that you're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit in order to be a witness all the way to the ends of the earth. Wherever you are, the ability to prophesy where you are, it's because Jesus has chosen to give you his spirit, that spirit that was upon him, to give that to you and to empower you to be his witness, empower you to speak his word, to share that with the people around you. So that's my encouragement to you this morning. Prophesy where you are, just like Eldad and Medad, because Jesus has chosen to give you his spirit because he loves you, because he's got something to say through you, because he's not done with you. He's not waiting for you to be smarter than you are right now. He's not waiting for you to have a better job than you have right now. He's not waiting for your kids to get out of the house. He wants you to prophesy where you're at right now. He wants you to be a prophet, speaking his word where you are. That's what he's called us to. So I want to welcome ministry teams forward. We have people who are ready eager, excited to pray for you, to agree with you in prayer. It may be God's highlighting something to you this morning. Maybe there's something that you're like, oh, I have some kind of ministry in my heart, something that I feel like I've needed to do, but I've just been saying no to it for a really long time. Maybe there's a a certain person that God's highlighting to you in your mind. Maybe there's someone that needs to be prophesied to. Maybe they need some divinely inspired words spoken to them or over them, and you've been hesitant. You felt like, I, I, I just don't have the right things to say. Not now, not yet. If the Lord's moving on you in any way, maybe you need some encouragement. Maybe you need somebody to agree with you to, to be encouraged, to be emboldened, to be that prophet where you're at, to be able to prophesy where you are. If you want anybody to agree with you in prayer, they're here and they're ready to do that. But if you would, I'd invite you to stand. I want to speak a blessing over you as we go from here. All of us prophets, before I speak anything over you, would again, I want you to preach to somebody. Would you look to somebody next to you and say, you can prophesy where you're at. You can. God's empowered you to do it. 
But as we go from here, I just want to speak over you that the Lord would direct each and every one of your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're here for prayer. Will you be blessed.